in the short-term rental world, we have people coming to town and they're here usually for a reason. We find the wear and tear is, it feels like it's actually less. It kind of protects the asset more than you'd think. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Hi, Matt. Hi, Jeremy. And today we have a special guest, Corey Tigner from iTrip Vacations. Corey, how are you? I'm doing great. That's Thank good. You. So I'm going to go right out with it. iTrip Vacations, who are you and what do you do? So I am, I guess what you would call a short-term or vacation rental property manager. We specialize, and I say we, it's me and my business partner, Ryan Tigner, specialize in both the, the marketing, taking care of people's vacation or short-term rental property. So when you say short-term vacation rental property, you're not talking about like somebody wants to rent their room out in their house for a couple nights a week or something. Right. That does exist, but that's not the area that we specialize in. All of our places are, it's either like a private floor with a private entrance. It's its own individual space all the way up to, I think our biggest home is around nine bedrooms. Okay. So Airbnb, when you say vacation, short-term vacation rentals, people automatically go to Airbnb. Some people know what VRBO is. Honestly, I didn't know what it was until I had a conversation with you. Right. But there are a lot more platforms like that, right? Right. And it's one of the things that we do, I would say, better than anybody else is our software. Any any property we manage and that we put in our software, it automatically markets it on Airbnb or Verbo or HomeAway, Booking.com, TripAdvisor, Expedia. They're basically vertical partners of ours. So in our instance, we don't really care where the booking comes from as long as you know we get the booking, I guess. So with that, like you said, you're booking out the houses and homes right. and stuff like that. I'm assuming that these houses are, they have furniture right. and amenities and stuff like that. Otherwise, yeah. why would you book a house versus just going to a hotel? Sure. Yeah. And it's a great point. And there's a lot of different reasons people book these. Um, surprisingly, it's there's a ton of, I guess you would say, uh, families. We have quite a few like larger homes, four or five plus bedrooms. And we find that they are able to, there's a lot of value for the people as opposed to, let's say, six hotel rooms at a couple hundred bucks each. 1200 bucks, or you could get a gorgeous five plus bedroom home for six, seven hundred nine. You know, so they're saving a lot of money on one side, but they're getting a lot more in value. They have wonderful living space, you know, dining area, comfortable beds, and Wi Fi and amenities, ping pong table, sometimes pool or hot tub, you know, just depending on the house. So it's nice where everybody wins all around. They're getting, you know, a bunch of value for their money and nice. works out well. Well, that's cool. So do your owners, because you work mainly with the owners right. on the finding the home side and mm-hmm. then the people rent from you, do you find that the owners, they're just property that they have bought that they just want to rent out all the time? Or do you have a lot of people that maybe travel, maybe they're snowbirds and they want to be in Aspen or something, right? Yeah. There's a lot of great stories with this. I mean, some, there's a couple that see the value and they're in, you know, kind of investors. They buy a bigger house, furnish it and just make it available for like, you know, short-term vacation rental. We have one that's a family whose mother was elderly and went into an assisted living thing. And instead of selling the house and then paying capital gains, and all that stuff, they basically turned it into a vacation rental that pays for their mother's care. We have people that travel around the world for, you know, six months at a time. We have one that works for, you know, a large organization here that basically got transferred to China for two years. So, you know, eventually they want to come back to their house, but, you know, it was like an opportunity they didn't want to miss. So they came to us to short term. And, you know, a lot of people I don't think realize kind of what a gold mine they're suburban homes in this area are worth in this aspect. Not to get into, you know, I don't know if this is too specific, but I don't think we have like a five plus bedroom home that does less than 60, 65,000 a year than gross rental revenue. Wow. 
which is you know pretty far beyond the long term. Right. Side of so things. that's that's kind of a good segue, right? The differences between you and mm-hmm. say a traditional property manager, right? Like you just said, sixty five thousand a year. And well, let's define what a traditional property manager is. So if you have a rental investment property that you don't live in, that you're renting out for income, mm-hmm. yeah. you don't want to manage it yourself. Right. You'd hire a property management company and they would get long-term renters in, usually, you know, six or 12 or 18 month lease kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They would manage all the paperwork and all the stuff that goes along with that and the maintenance and that kind of stuff and getting new tenants in and, you know, booting people out if they're not following the rules and screening and that kind of stuff. So what is the difference of what you and iTrip does versus that traditional property manager role? Sure. Obviously, they're focused on getting kind of one good tenant that's going to stay there for, you know, a year, two years, plus years, you know, and when they get that tenant, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but, you know, it's kind of on cruise control. You know, they, they move their stuff in, they're living there, they pay their rent, pay their bills and kind of off you go. Whereas us, I'd say 70 or 80% of our stays are in that two to five day range. So we might have a hundred or 125 different bookings in one property in one year. So we're constantly you know, there's the marketing aspect and there's the um, guest communication before, during and after the stay. There's as soon as they leave, sometimes there's four or five hours before the next guest comes. So, you know, we got to have the cleaners set up to get that ready kind of in the hotel like new condition just in a few hours. You know, and obviously there's little things that come up, light maintenance stuff, which, you know, one of the things we do, we do for free. We don't nickel and dime. We do like all the filters and propane and batteries and light bulbs and stuff. That's just part of the thing we do. So I would just say there's there's a lot more moving parts. I guess I would say right. short term than long term. So the the lot more moving parts for a property owner, maybe that's one of their biggest concerns, right? Because you just said you might have 120 bookings for two to five days a piece in a year. Here's time. Right. That seems like that's going to be a lot of wear and tear on the home, right? Because it's like getting another full time job, right? Right. Which is what you're trying to avoid by getting investment property in the first place, mm-hmm. right? Right. Right. Which is yeah why we come into it. So two parts to that. Yeah. I mean. Wear and tear is one of those things that's it's almost a little bit counterintuitive. When you have a long-term renter, you know, they're in there all the time. They're living there. They have all their meals there. They have all their friends over. They watch the movies, watch the game, you know, whatever they do in their home kind of all the time. In the short-term rental world, we have people come into town and they're here usually for a reason. It's a wedding reception or an anniversary or birthday or, you know, any, you know, a festival or, you know, whatever the case is, they come here, they sleep, they go out and do Portland Northwest stuff. They come back, maybe have a meal there, sometimes off and on and go to bed and do it over again. Like we find the wear and tear is, it feels like it's actually less. It kind of protects the asset more than you think mm. is what we find. So, but if something does happen, that's all covered with an insurance and right. stuff like yeah. that. So the risks that you're taking on as an owner for the short term kind of seem like they're a little less or it might be a little less hands-on after the initial initial setup because you optimize the properties, right? So you come in and you, what is your process? So how do you right. do that? Like, cause you said they're furnished. Right. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people buy them and they are, you know, it's an empty house, completely unfurnished. We work closely with a few different decor and design people and we love it. 
like, you know, we've had a couple that where the owner's just like, you guys are the experts, we trust you, what should we do? How do we make this perfect? We set them up with three or four different decor people, they, they pick their favorite one, and, you know, they have a budget, and they, you know, basically furnish the entire house. And these people are specialized in the short-term rental side of things. They know how to make a place look good and appealing to who's ever booking that. And more and more often, it's mom, As you know, in the larger places, she's booking for the family, she's looking at the things, you know, to take care of her family, you know, Mm so, you know, and like, we know the things that appeal to moms, I guess, you know, the other piece of that is, you know, amazing photography. I would like to think we have the best photographer in the business, in my opinion. I don't know if it's okay to say. Yeah. Yeah. So so we've had Adam on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, Adam, a shot is absolutely amazing. So things like that help, you know, prepare, I guess, for, you know, real successful short-term rental. So, yeah, we had Adam on the show before twice, actually, because he was talking about photography for one Mm -hmm. thing, but Mm -hmm. also he was on a show that we did about how to correct map listings on Google Maps. Oh. So, you know, if a building is, maybe it was a field when the the satellite went over, but now you put up your rental property there or whatever, right? Your commercial building or something. Yep. He was talking about how they can use the drone to get it back on the map. Mm -hmm. He's done that That for us out in wine country. That was problem solvers episode number one. Oh, yeah. It's nice. We've used his services. I think every service he offers. (laughs) I love it. So my business partner, Scott, and uh, his family own a property out in Washougal, and that's how we met, right? Right. Because you were were helping manage that for us. Mm -hmm. And so we, we understand the process a little bit. And one of the things that I think really helped was just like you were saying, like you can help people with the decor and stuff. But one thing I think that the expertise that you had that we definitely don't have, even though that they had rented the property out, traditionally rented Mm -hmm. it before, was how do we maximize the occupancy to get the most rental revenue compared to all the other properties that were in the area? And that's something that most people don't even think about. Like, they're not like, man, I should get this to sleep 12 instead of six, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right in that. Like, the number one factor that kind of determines prices, how many people can you sleep? Because it's like for every two more people you sleep is one less hotel room you need, if, you know, if right. you kind of look at it that way. So, mm-hmm. and if you have a larger game room, you know, like a great room or whatever, we have multiple properties where, you're, where like it's, let's say a five bedroom with a great room, and we'll put two twin over full bunk beds in there for like kids, young adults, whatever. You know, now you sleep six people in that room, you have two in each of the other five bedrooms, 16 people in beds. It's a mark that we always shoot for if it's possible because for one, it's the most people you can search for on Airbnb. So if you hit that, then every, even though even some more places can sleep more people, that's, you know, kind of what you search for. So that's the a number one thing. And then there's, there's, you know, the other stuff kind of talked about the decor piece, but you know, amenities or views or location or, you know, all those different aspects kind of play into the price you come up with per night. And then we do it you know, we have a lot of like different dynamic pricing pieces and we're always watching what's going on, not with just us, but our, you know, competitors, you know, um, similar properties, the ones we have, we can see all kinds of through the system projected occupancies. So, you know, we might have ours, let's say, I don't know, five bedroom at 390 a night and our competitor has it at four. Oh, cool. We're just under them. But 
six weeks out, it's projected 100% occupancy that weekend. And we're not sure why, but it's almost always accurate. So we'll raise it to 700 a night. We'll let theirs book up four and we'll still get the $700 booking, you know, so. So the prices can kind of rise and fall like the way that like airlines yep, tickets it's, on flights based on. Yep. Airlines are the best at it, but we're trying. <laughs> right. So. And so let's talk briefly about that software piece too, because mm-hmm. that's something that nobody else has, right? Right. So I mean, if you're going to book out your own rental property, right? You're going to go put it on Airbnb, maybe put it on VRBO, a couple other places, because you're not going to hit all 80 sites or whatever it is. And then you rent it out on one. Now you got to go mark it as unavailable on the other three. Mm -hmm. But if something's booked on that one, now you got to go back and take it off the other ones or somebody cancels, you got to put it back on. I've had to do that with cars. Yeah, just like the car rental business, right? When you're on, what is that, car rental? Turo, Turo, and get Mm -hmm. around. But yeah, you guys, I mean, you're on, I think you had said 80 something. Yeah, it's like 80 plus. And, you know, they're always kind of, smaller ones are kind of coming and going and being purchased by one of the big ones. And, you know, a lot of them, like, there's a ton that I've never heard of, but they're kind of like international. National, more right. known in these regions, but they eventually kind of filter through booking.com into booking pal. You know, they have like you right. know, a whole bunch of international ones. That's pretty common. But and what does the software do? So you it, put in somebody's rental information right. about their house and then what kind of right. what happens? There's from there? like a API connection into all of these major marketing sites like Airbnb, Verbo, or whatever. And it's fully integrated. So if we get a booking on any of those platforms, it automatically, you know, blocks it out on the others. So as to not have that, you know, duplicate booking and it's, you know, automated and easy. I mean, you know, there's, there's. And it manages the pricing. Right, right. We use that for all of our pricing information and manipulation in there. Yeah. Now, when people hear price manipulation, they think, oh, Uh, you're like, that's bad. But if you're the one renting the property, that's good, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because you want to maximize the profit on your investment. Sure, sure. Of course. And, you know, even, even if we're. You know, I mean, it's obviously there's supply and demand issues or, you know, situations here. I mean, you know, you want to come to town with your family and stay. And even if we're raising the prices sometime, I mean, obviously your 4th of July weekend is much more sought after than mid-February. You know, it's right. just right here. Once in a lifetime eclipse that comes through right. town. And yes. all okay. of a sudden everybody's got their property slash car or whatever on the yep. platform. And right. I rent out a Chevy Cruze for $350 a day. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, and the other thing is, too, I mean, like you were saying, if it's a house, it's a big house, say it's got sleeps 10, and you would have had to get five $250 a night hotel sure. rooms for 1250 bucks. If you jack the price from 500 to 700 a night, it's still $550 a night cheaper than the hotel. But right. some of those things, too, like that example, that's not going to be one family. Right. Right. So that's going to be two or three families. Let's say it's two. So they're paying the $600 a piece when they're spending $700 or $800, then they're knocking that down a couple hundred. That's a huge savings. Right. Yeah. Like, I can afford $400. And the families can play, and, you know, the kids, you can have, like, one person watch all the kids at once instead of each person watching their own kids. Thank you, teenagers. Yeah. (laughs) We should book a place and have somebody watch our kids. I'm fine with that. (laughs) So there are definitely huge benefits to using something like this and a service like this. The cost from having a long-term renter where, from my experience, I work at home, Mm -hmm. right? So the traffic that goes through that house is me all the time because— 
that's where I'm at. Right. 20 hours a day. So like, that's a lot of traffic. That's a lot of foot traffic. And you made a really good point with they're here for a reason. Mm -hmm. They need a place to stay. Yeah. But they're going to go down to, you know, the Saturday market. They're going to go to the falls. They're going to go hiking to the ocean, whatever the case is. There's a lot that they can do. But with that too, you guys have a book, right? That you put in the different houses that say, Hey, just so you know, here are kind of some of the things that are going on or, you know, happen around this area. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. kind of like you would get in a hotel to like yeah. a little book of what's in the neighborhood kind of thing. Right. Do you have to do, do you have to put Gideon Bibles in like all the hotels have? <laughs> uh, no, we <laughs> haven't done that. <laughs> have you ever seen a Gideon? I don't even know what that is. No. Honestly. No. So let's get off of Gideon Bibles <laughs> for a minute. There's something that you had mentioned once briefly that I think people would find really interesting because I, at least I found it interesting. And you have, it was a piece of equipment that you put into rental play. I think it's called a party buster. A party squasher. Party squasher. Do you want to tell us what a party squasher is? Sure, sure. So obviously every property is different, different situations, you know, in our larger properties and maybe they're a little bit more remote or there's sensitive neighbors or whatever the case is, a lot of our owners opt to put in a party squasher. And all it really does is is monitor electronic devices and how many are near it. So you don't have- How many phones and tablets? How many phones, tablets, laptops, anything with like Bluetooth, Wi-Fi capability, it can kind of sense. So, you know, if we have a place that sleeps 16 people and everybody has like a device and a half or something, we put the threshold at let's say 25. So, and it just lets us know if there's ever more than let's say 25 devices around. And I've had it before where they're like, hey, we're having a graduation party. There'll be some, you know, extra people here midday. And, you know, sure enough, 35, 40, 50 devices. Great, no problem. It's the deal at 8 p.m. There's 30 devices, 9 p.m. There's 40 devices, you know, 10 right. p.m. You know, now, you know, you there's it, four people staying there. Right. But there's 50 devices right. at midnight. It allows us to just just head off issues before they right. even become an issue. And with, so. with something like that, when that happens, what do you do? What are the steps that you take? Do you call them and say, yeah, they have an iTrip SWAT team? <laughs> Honestly, what we do is I will call and say, hey, neighbors notice there's quite a bit of activity over there. I just wanted to let you know that if you have any more people over there than the rental agreement that you signed, we have we have the right to evict you from the home. And, you know, nobody wants to lose their place in the evening and their money for it and look for a new place and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. I've made that call two times in a year and a half or something like that. And it's always like, you can just see a device, do, 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 you know, right. <laughs> you know, they kick everybody pretty, out or everybody settle turns down. off their phone. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's the answer to it. But, you I know, don't it's think like, people turn off their phones anymore. It's like one of those things is anybody can get away with a party or being a jerk one time, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But just like they review the property, we review them. And, you know, with everything so integrated to email and Facebook and all these things, you know, it's like, you know, they're basically trashed from ever rent. You know, I look at everybody that books and they're, they're rating. And if I see right. something low, I'll so read you're like why. screening them, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of different pieces of screening. So it's like anything we can do to, you know, protect the homeowner's asset, protect the property, protect the neighbors. You know I mean? Right. We don't, we don't want any of that. We're the last people to want a party. So, I mean, we do, we do all the things we can to make it. So it's just not an issue, you know, two, two or three night minimums, nobody under right. 25. We don't rent to locals last minute because you have your own place. You have right. your own place. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, without a, you know, good, compelling story and some communication. I mean, it's pretty easy to weed out the, and you know, I mean, these places, 
And most you know, of the time, like you said, it's families yeah. going to a wedding or right. something. It's incredibly rare. I mean, I, like town I said, for a convention or something. Right. So actually that kind of brings up a good point As one time we were talking and there was a business like a nationwide chain or something mm-hmm. that was opening a store here and they hired out right. one of your properties so that they could get all the advanced employees that are going to come train all the local staff yep. here through that. Is that something that? Yeah. We see quite a bit of that stuff, obviously, for those same reasons. If you have a five or six bedroom house and you have like six individuals that work for a small company, you know, as opposed to six hotel rooms, they each get their own room and, you know, they stay together. That's pretty common. We, we right. see a lot of that, especially with the smaller businesses that are in town working directly with like Nike, Intel, Tektronix. They love it. They love staying in, in these homes. We have well, the long stay apartments right. and stuff are, are like or like hotels are still pretty expensive. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do the long stays too, you know, if it seems right and we can, but I mean, the truth is a lot of times we can't because the calendar is so booked up. I mean, after we have a place for a couple months, the calendar gets pretty full. There's no way to even book more than like a week in a spot or 10 days, you know what I mean? Unless you're booking out four, six, eight months or something. Right. So, but if, I mean, if you're a business and you're yeah. opening a story, you have a pretty good right. idea of when right. it's going to open, right? It's right. not like Starbucks doesn't turn around and go, hey, right. next week we should open a store down there in Hillsboro. And uh, <laughs> they could, though. I mean, they, could they just close that one Starbucks on Cornell? I was like, made you sad, didn't it? I shed, I shed a tear. I used to go there all the time. Single solitary tear. And it was next to the place to buy my dog food, so I'd go get a coffee and then get the dog food. It's the best. Do, do we need to take a moment of silence? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But anyway, just to get back on topic a little bit. So you guys handle rentals for Northwest Oregon, Southwest Washington kind of thing, all the way out to the coast? Right. Yeah. Right? We basically kind of keep a two-hour radius around Portland. Okay. So we just want to offer a level of service where if I need to, so I can drive be at a property like 10th and Street to 12th Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I can get from downtown to downtown. Hillsborough at five. No, right. um, we've had opportunities and stuff beyond that, but we just have so far declined it. There's there's so much opportunity here that there's no reason, and we don't want the quality of our service to ever lack or whatever. So right. Yeah, we. I mean, suburbia. There's you know there's some restrictions within the city of Portland, Multnomah County. So that actually pushes a lot of the places into the the suburbs, which works out well. It seems like for everybody. And then yeah, Southwest Washington wine country does amazingly well. It's really growing out there. And then of course the coast. Right. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how would they do that? They would, if you Google me, like Gory Digner, um, or iTrip, iTrip Portland, that's I-T-R-I-P or email, just my first name, C-O-R-E-Y at itrip.net. Anything like that is, is easy. Perfect. So thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm really excited to see where your business goes in this next year and a half because yeah. it's it's grown exponentially with the team that you've put together. And I wish you the best of luck and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week when we talk to Dave Gadlin from Study of Sweets about Kickstarter and food entrepreneurship. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you. 
Are you ready to stop grinding and start making an impact? Are you tired of working long hours and not growing your business? Get Matt's new book, Flattening the Hamster Wheel, on Amazon now. Just go to hook2.us slash hamster. That's H-O-O-K-T-O dot U-S forward slash H-A-M-S-T-E-R.